Hello? About, um... Oh, Jesus, it's gotta be at least four months. I think it was January when I, reco- when I uh, recorded my last podcast, at least. Four months later, and welcome back to the Ghost Size Podcast. Four months since the name change, four months since I've recorded, and here we are. Finally four months I'm, is a long time. It is a long time. Very long time. This episode, I have a guest with me. Uh, it's my friend Anakin. What's up, everyone? Uh, not, um... A celebrity by any means but it surely beats talking by myself so um like i said a few months ago i would get a guest on the show and we would talk about the uh second part of the school scandals i guess um uh we'll start with that and can you got anything off the top of your head the only thing i can think of is like you know school pedophiles but like i don't want to steer into that because i feel like Every school in the United States has somewhat of a pedophile as a teacher. I mean, that's true, but it doesn't change how gross it is. Like, yeah, but it no one is. tolerates it. That's one thing everyone can agree on. But, like, I've met a lot of people who have had teachers <laughs> as pedophiles, and, like, they either touch students or, like, they say they're going to touch students. Because, like, I had a teacher, and this was about my sophomore year of high school, and I'm a senior. And, um... If you're talking about Mr. Mitchell, I've already brought him up. Well, yeah, but, no, I want you to... T- I want to talk about my experiences with Mr. Mitchell. Yeah. So, like, I have the creepier experiences. Like, you know, oh, they're t- petting girls' hairs, and, you know, they're slamming their wrists on the desk. Well, I'm the one who got him fired. <laughs> I'm the one who got him fired. Thank God. Well, forced retired. So, like, I had to vouch for everyone. I'm, I'm the saving grace of our grade. I mean, I don't even mean a two-mile horn, but I am... So, what originally got me the creeps about him, it was, like, the first full week of school, it was a Friday. Oh, I'm trying and, to keep it down a little, because it's getting pretty late. Yeah, it's pretty late, so. Yeah. What time is it? It's, uh, 11.45 p.m. Yeah. It's pretty late. So, when I was a sophomore in high school, pre the previous grades, I would like to wear this pizza jumpsuit that I like to go to school with <clears throat> every Friday. You know, because everyone's like, oh, man, he's wearing a pizza suit. Oh, my God, he's insane. Like, why would you wear a pizza suit? Like, so rebellious. Like, I feel like that's what fashion is. Like, why people, you know, look at ridiculous outfits and be like, oh, my God, that's so cool. It's because it's rebellious. So, like, you know. I guess. But, what... I, but I wasn't wearing pizza, oh, the pizza suit to be rebellious. Yeah, there's I was wearing the about... pizza suit because I wanted to wear the pizza suit and yeah. get attention because I was an attention holder. Yeah, there's nothing rebellious about wearing a pizza suit. <laughs> no, <laughs> fuck the establishment. <laughs> but so fuck I, Pizza Hut. <laughs> so I wore this pizza suit every Friday. And I was walking by Mr. Mitchell's room. And he's, you know, standing out there bulked up, shoulders up, in the flesh. And I'm like... Oh, okay, that's a geometry teacher, Mr. Mitchell, in the flesh. So he looks at me and says, wow, you're wearing a pizza suit. I'm like, yeah. Like, he's kind of exaggerating the joke. Like, that's the joke. Move on with our lives. Because everyone would be like, the fuck you wearing or something? I'd be like, I'm wearing a pizza suit. Ha ha, funny, funny. Go on with our lives. But Mr. Mitchell, he took that to a whole nother length. Like, freaking, he just went from the top to the bottom of the iceberg he was like oh you're a piece of pizza it looks like i can eat you up and all and i'm like um anyone else gonna comment on that because <laughs> like that was sexual harassment for one two i'm a boy three i'm a little boy i'm five foot two i'm a little boy 
and that guy could go to prison. So I was like, oh, okay, you know, this is really fishy. So I go to his class, whatever, every day for geometry. And every class just got weirder and weirder. And like, I think the weirdest thing about his class is that he legitimately did not give a shit. You would start the class, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just want to bring this up real quick because you'd start the class he wouldn't give you a lesson mm-hmm. on what he wanted you to do. You remember that? Yeah. He'd yeah. throw out some problems and then get mad at you when you fucked up. <laughs> and then, like, my class was so bad. The class average for a test one time was, like, a 40. Yeah. And everybody got an A because everybody got an E. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mr. Mitchell, he was just really unorganized. I think it was just because of the math curriculum because CPM is such a horrible flawed curriculum i mean maybe but the year he got forced into retirement was the year i had him too Mm -hmm. so it might have just been that yeah so like every class i had with this you know devil of a teacher he i i don't know i'm just gonna make up this statistic uh, but i i think it's pretty true like almost all pedophiles are like socially awkward at talking probably yeah yeah so like for one, he was really socially awkward at talking. He'd do, like, some experiments with mirrors or whatever mm-hmm. to, like, demonstrate angles and triangles and, like, shapes and whatnot. And, like, no one was like, wow, Mr. Mitchell, that's that's amazing. You're shining a laser pointer at a mirror. That's, that's oh, oh, my God. Like, no one was like that. And Mr. Mitchell, he'd, like, laugh to himself when no one would, like like, react to it. Right. So, like... He would just be, like, standing there in the middle of the classroom with a laser pointer in his hand, <clears> shining <throat> at a mirror, like, puddles and sweat. And I'm like, this guy ain't right. And he'd, like, turn bright red, too. And, like, I would go to his class. I'd sit there every day and be like, something ain't right. So, I, every time I walk out of that classroom, someone had to tell me, like, hey, he did this to this girl. And I'm like, wow, that's awful. And, like... It went from holy, oh, 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 like holy smokes, this guy's a pedophile, to like, oh my god, this guy is one hundred percent a pedophile. So, I had the last straw one day where like he grabbed like my classmate's hand and like slammed it across the desk because she forgot her homework that day, and I was like, okay, after lunch, I'm going down to the office and I'm gonna tell the counselor, hey, I think this dude's a pedophile. So. Um, the day comes, and I'm like, oh man, this, this is this, this is harder than I thought, and then a bunch of my friends at the time, who aren't my friends anymore, we kind of just drifted apart, they were like, hey, um, we'll join you, you know, just lead the way, and I scheduled an appointment that day, and told them all this news, and the counselor's like, hey man, look, I can't do anything, my hands are tied at this point, I can't do anything, you might as well just set up an appointment with the principal. So that's what he did. He set up a appointment with the principal and the vice principal. <laughs> oh boy, I got a whole nother story on him. Um, so <clears throat> we get our appointment set up and we each went in individually. We mm-hmm. didn't go in as a group. We went in individually. Right. And, you know, I, I say my piece and at the end I was like, hey, can we keep this anonymous? Because I didn't want this guy knowing because I still go to the school 
with that teacher. Right. I didn't I didn't want him knowing because I didn't want, you know, a finger in my ass or well, something by the end of the day. Obviously. Given the fact he said I look like a, a delicious slice of pizza, I feel like, you know, he wants some of, you know, the Anakin action. So, you know, I, I say my piece. I go back to class. School ends. I'm out. Next morning, I drive to school. Well, not... I didn't have no. I didn't drive to school. I didn't have my license till junior year. I I walked through the door, and I go by the office, and I see just like a whole flock of girls, like twenty to fifty girls in the office, like vouching for me, and like only a select few people knew that I you know told the principal about this teacher, and they were like, "Man, you saved the day," and I'm like, "Awesome," so. <laughs> Freaking few days go by, and I'm hearing chatter from classmates that, oh, Anakin, uh, Anakin went in the office and he told everyone about, like, he told the principal that Mitchell was a pedophile. And I'm like, if everybody knows, that means Mitchell knows. So I go to geometry that day, and um, we were doing some lesson and whatnot, and he said something about passing notes, and he said, we wouldn't want no secrets being told. And he puts his hands on my shoulders and he goes, right, Anakin? He shakes me. And two things are going through my mind. One, he's touching me. He And two, he knows. <laughs> like, that's two big no-nos. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit. I'm getting touched and I'm getting lectured at the same time. So I'm sitting there like, <laughs> yeah, 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 Mitchell, yeah. And then um, he gets forced to retire and then the next year, in our civics class, he comes back to visit, and my classmate was like, get in the ELA, so I hide in the ELA, because I was afraid he was coming back with a vengeance, like, he got that strap on. <laughs> not the strap on, but like a gun strap on, not a dick strap on. <laughs> I, because Like, he was that, coming to assassinate me. I was me. like, that... <laughs> both. We'll say both at this point. Like, uh, gross. A big old dick. <laughs> I... A big old clock. And he and my friend was like, get in the ELA. So I'm like hiding in the ELA and he just <laughs> walks in the classroom and I'm just peeping over afraid that he's going to make eye contact with me because he 100% knew that I ruined his life. And like, yeah. And the, okay, so for some context, the reason why this dude didn't get fired and he got a forced retirement is because he was a track coach and he's... He's put a lot of students up on, like, that record board for, like, fastest, I don't know, elliptical sprint or something. I don't know about track records. But, like, he was, like, probably the best track coach. Oh, is that why? Yeah. Oh. That's, I mean, that's what I assume. Well, the thing is, it wasn't you that got him. I mean, it technically was. It was everybody, If it wasn't for the actions that he did... And how many people had claims against him in the first place? Just you claiming would have done nothing. Yeah. If people didn't come to back it up. What got him oh, yeah. fired inevitably was what he did eventually catching up to him. Yeah, and like um, my dad's girlfriend, she had Mitchell in class. Right. And Mitchell was a completely different person. Right. Mitchell was, you know, respectful. <clears throat> wasn't a pedophile. Right. I don't know what snapped inside of him. Because like... Well, it could have just been, like, I don't know, old people can get kind of weird and, like, sentimental, <laughs> yeah. though, too. Yeah. It could have just been that, like, the same note. But the fact that 50 people had, like, 20 to 50 girls had mm-hmm. stuff to vouch against Mitchell that felt 
weird in any sort of way. And, you know, some of those girls in the office could have been there for other reasons. Mm -hmm. But the fact that that many people had stuff to vouch against him. Yeah, I wouldn't call that a school scandal. I'd call it, like, you know, a school gathering. Like, something we eliminated together. I guess, but that's kind of a school scandal. No, I'd say that it's a school school scandal. A school scandal is, like, something you look back on and we're like, man... That was stupid. <laughs> the pedophile thing you wouldn't look back on and be like, man, that was stupid. But you that's look- one of the, like, it things at our school. You know, one of the things that people still talk about because it's like, oh, yeah. you know. Important last, piece in our history. I think I talked about it in the last episode, but um, the last encounter I had with Mr. Mitchell was at a wrestling meet my sophomore year. Yeah. Where he was keeping record for the thing. And, um, uh, kept talking about how good I looked in a singlet. (laughs) Thinking your pedophilia stopped in the school. He can't be stopped outside of it. One of the times when I was my freshman year, I was what I did track that year. Mm -hmm. And I was walking around with uh, a couple of buddies or whatever on the track Mm -hmm. because it wasn't race time or whatever. (laughs) And a bunch of people were walking on the track, and Mr. Mitchell's wife just comes over the speaker and just, Get off the track! <laughs> Get off the track! <laughs> but it was really stupid, because her voice, like, cracked, mm-hmm. like, 15 times. And so we were making fun of it, and just walking down, because we didn't know it was Mr. Mitchell's wife. And Mr. Mitchell was like, that's my wife <laughs> there. <laughs> and we just, we are like, oh, sorry. And, like, on and, the um, same topic of pedophilia i guess i mean it's not necessarily pedophilia if it's an old man stalking like an 18 year old youngster like myself no that's like an, just sexual predation yeah that's like that's like trouble in the mist that's that's, that's trouble waiting to happen that's the predator but like the not cool version <laughs> yeah like uh i go to the gym and like freaking you think the old guys at the gym are staring at the girls no they're staring they're staring at me Oh, yeah, now that we're talking about that, though, I'm going to bring up the Dairy Depot thing that happened, because that was fucking awful. Bring it up! So we got this place in, in my town, it's called Dairy Depot, and it's this ice cream parlor, and I went up, and I ordered, and this was like two days ago, mind you, and I go up, and I order a hot dog basket, hot dog and some fries, you know, and a banana split. I'm like, alright, whatever. And so I order my food, and again, the other line to like wait for my food and this man walks up to me he's wearing a black lion's shirt black shorts he's got like a buzz cut or whatever and he just kind of starts the first thing he says to me is wow i really like your shoes like it turns it takes a certain kind of guy to pull shoes off like that you have really good fashion and i was like oh thank you i'm glad that you uh um you know you like my fashion or whatever and, um, I said, you know, I really, you know, I like your watch. Cause he had a, he had a watch on. I was like, okay, well, mm-hmm. I'll find something to compliment this stranger or whatever. Like that's, that's what I like to do. If someone compliments me, I'll find something about you, you know, cause you know, they, it just seems right. So anyway, he keeps talking. He says, thanks. He keeps going on about the style. So I said, oh yeah, I have some, um, um, uh, all university red, low Nike Air Forces, you know, he asks if I buy, like, shoes online, or if I go in the store, he asks me about the malls that I've been to, say, uh, 
you know, I haven't been to any of those malls or whatever. But then he goes, hey, so uh, it's it's really easy to talk to you now. Like, I'm just talking now because you're really easy to talk to. But um, uh, I've been divorced for like 10 years. I'm like, oh, um, good for you. Good for you. He goes, I love it. It's awesome. I'm like, okay, oh, all right, whatever. This dude's just happy to be divorced at He's this gonna point. start crying. Yeah, at this point, I'm like, whatever. I'm not thinking much of it. He goes... He said something about how he can't really pull off shoes or whatever, like that sort of look, because he's too old for it. What does that have to do with a divorce? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> but he keeps talking. He says he has like a lot of money, and he comes, uh, and he, you know, pulls me aside for a minute. Well, he doesn't like grab me or anything, but he points out a car in the parking lot, and it's this orange Dodge Charger. And he goes, I drove up in this Dodge Charger. What do you drive? And I said, well, I'm not driving at the moment. I said, I'm 17. Like, I'm inheriting a Jeep Patriot, though. And I'll be driving that around. And he said, oh, I thought you were like, I thought you were like 25. And he said, <laughs> and he said it's like, yeah, you look like 25, like with your like beard or whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, I get that a lot. And... I'm like, all right, whatever, that's a little weird. That's not the first time it's happened. When I was 14 in Missouri, I, I gave this the guy this story, too, because at this point, I still wasn't really thinking anything. And it's important to note, when this dude, uh, before this dude points out his Dodge Charger, my dad called me, actually. And I think this was, like, a good stall in the conversation. I'm really happy that it <laughs> happened now, because my dad called and asked if I needed, uh, if he needed to stop by and he could pay for Dairy Depot or whatever. I said, I have money on me. It's okay. And I saw him drive by and I waved and everything. I kind of wish I asked him to stop at this point now, just so I could have sat down Got and rid ate, of that man. ate food with my dad <laughs> without worrying about who was gonna, you know, if some dude was just gonna like snatch me. Yeah. Anyway, so this dude is like, <clears throat> after I get out this call and he points out his Dodge Charger and I explain that I'm going to drive a Jeep Patriot, he says, is that a manual or a, or a, like an automatic? I'm like, I don't drive a stick shift. And it's like, I don't know how to drive a stick shift. And my food starts coming out and he's like, hey, you know what? You should let me teach you how to drive a stick shift. <laughs> a stick, yeah. stick shift is dick. Yeah, just... Yeah, if you come with me, I'll teach you how to drive a stick shift. Can the Dodge Charger? I'll teach you how to drive a stick. Mm. And I was like, at this point, I was just like, mm, no, no, thank no. You. And I grabbed my food or whatever. And as soon as I said no and grabbed my food, this dude immediately got hostile. And this, like, as soon as like he led with the Dodge Charger thing, I knew this dude wanted to rape me <laughs> and make you skin suit dude i it was so freaky mm -hmm. and so i got my food whatever and it was like good talking to you bye <laughs> bye and i was like all right man you see like, my ass. <laughs> i was like everybody around you just watched that happen mm -hmm. they were all looking at like the two of us or whatever mm -hmm. like like, everybody around you knows that you're a pedophile. And it's important to notice, or to note, that this dude did not order food. 
-hmm. He walked, he parked in the parking lot and marched straight up to me with this, like, look on his face. That's fucking weird. He pointed out during the conversation, he pointed to some houses and said I lived over there, Mm -hmm. that he lives over there. Mm -hmm. And I went to the park that was past those houses after I got my ice cream. And I walked down and I looked at every single house. There was not a Dodge Charger in any one of those driveways. This man made up the fact that he lived like a block away just so that he could have a common ground. He made up the fact that he owned like, he said he noticed that there was a Pompeii's in town. But he got the name wrong like three to four times. Pompeys. Yeah. <laughs> the Pompeys. <laughs> like, well, he wasn't mispronouncing it. He yeah. literally just got the name of it wrong. Oh. And he was like, Pizzanello's. What the hell? And I was like... He's huh? not from around here. Yeah, and yeah, that kind of ticked shady. me off. And he said, he talked about the Pizza Hut that got shut down or whatever. And he was mm-hmm. like, I like to come into new towns and open businesses <clears throat> where there's only one competition and knock that competition that out. 100% pedophile. And I was like, there's no way this man is opening new businesses in every single fucking town yeah. that he goes to just because there's one other competitor there. Like, I don't believe it. Well, okay, so... <laughs> I don't. Okay, so, like, I don't think that guy was 100% a pedophile. I think he was just, like, really into men. Because, like, I my... Mean, that That's true, because, I mean, he did think I was older. <laughs> but here's the thing. When I told him I was 17, and he went, like, oh, man, that's a bummer. <laughs> he did not back off. Yeah. He didn't care. <laughs> he did not care. <laughs> he didn't care. That wasn't, like, that wasn't the point where he was like oh i should probably stop mm-hmm. yeah. that was the point where he was like ah oh, shoot let's try and get him into my car <laughs> that's a predator that's what a predator does i've never had that happen to me necessarily i've never had anyone like I- i'm for your guys's information i'm five foot two about 120 pounds and like well now 130 because i lift but like I've never in my entire life have had a situation where I've been taken advantage of and, like, you know, tried to get kidnapped or whatever. I mean, yeah, people push me around or whatever because I'm really short, but, like, I've never had a guy be like, hey, get in my van. I got some candy or something. Like, I, I should be the number one target that I should go after instead of, like, you know, people like Aaron, <clears throat> who's, like, freaking, how tall are you? Uh, five eight, five nine. Yeah, average height. And, like... Average height, about 160 pounds, mostly muscle. Speaking, well, like, earlier you said, like, you know, you wish your dad would have got there. Yeah, I do, because I I really regretted, like, not being able to just sit down and just eat a good meal with my dad. Like, well, people, like, like, um, include your dads in your life and, like, save your (laughs) life one day. Yeah, because, like, uh, people don't realize that, like, you know, I mean, I think it's a stereotype that, like, you know, people grown-ass men don't need their mommies or whatever, but, like, man, I see, I'm gonna need my mom forever, because, <laughs> right. like, freaking, I don't see it as unmasculine, it's just you need your parents, because, like, I mean, yeah, you're a grown-ass man, you really shouldn't have your mom I mean, pay your bills or whatnot. That's a crazy thing, like, even when parents die, mm-hmm. people still find ways to seek, like, guidance from them. Like, that, like, spiritual? Or? Yeah, like, mostly, like, spiritual stuff. Like, people will, 
like some people will try and like communicate with their dead parents or whatever they mm-hmm. keep like memorabilia to remind themselves like oh this is what my mom or dad would yeah say or i don't think that's good for the grieving process <laughs> trying well, to contact them via ghost i mean i guess but i don't i don't know the thing is okay so my mom's mom my grandmother really had this thing for like cigarettes mm-hmm. and there have been multiple times where the vape like my mom uh she has a jewel now but mm-hmm. there have been multiple times where that jewel has just like taken a rip with nobody there yeah i'd like smoke just like pulls out of it in like a stream not like a cloud but like this stream mm-hmm. and it just pulls out man well, and then it just kind of like puffs. Like, and that's it. I get the same situation. I had the same <clears throat> situation with my dead dog. I don't know how my dog died. Well, so he just kind of like yeah, just bit the dust. Yeah, he just kind of like yeah, poor he was, Diego. He was pulling. He was trudging along for the longest time, and then he just kind of kicked the bucket one day. Yeah, like I mean, I don't want to come off as some like. Was a sadist where you like feed off other people's pain, but like yeah, when my dog died, it, it wasn't it wasn't the best feeling. I mean, I didn't like people making fun of Diego. Like not the fact that no one did, no one made fun of Diego, which was great. But like when I look back on it now, I'm like, yeah, Diego was a stupid dog. I don't know how he died because like what happened was the night of my dog's death, my brother calls me. Well, I text him like, hey, uh, we're going to mom's. Uh, at like five tomorrow right and he goes no and i'm like hmm you can't just deny that and um elzener which is my brother's name he says uh call me something's wrong i'm like oh shit so i call him and this is like midnight and um i call him he's crying and i'm like dude what's going on and he goes diego just died and i'm like what so like you know the shock kicks in and then i'm like Hey, and I was staying at a friend's house. I was like, hey, guys, like three other people. I'm like, hey, man, I got to go home. I got to go home. My dog died. And they were like, oh, man, I'm sorry. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's cool, but I got to go home. Because I wasn't really worried about my dog dying. I was worried about my brother. Because, like, I – so my friend's mom drives me there because I didn't have my car that day. And um, this was, like, September of 2020. Right. And, like, September 13th, I think, is when Diego died. So – I'm, I didn't have my car at the time. I don't know why. I think it was because, I don't know, a taillight was busted. I uh, think it was... <laughs> didn't your dad crash the Jetta? Oh, like, yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. That, we like, had to get a new car. it into the deer. Yeah, yeah, we, we had a rental car. We had to get a new car because yeah. my dad drove my car to work and, like, he busted it. But that's irrelevant. So, um, my friend's mom drives me to the house. It's 1 a.m. now. I just see, like, you know... Diego up on the porch just laying there dead and I see my brother and his friend like hunched over like with a lot of coats on and they're like you know scarred and then um you know I walk up to Diego I see his dead body and I'm like holy shit and then my brother starts crying then I start crying and then it was just one big mess and then um Diego and then like the next morning we put towels over him and my mom drove up all the way from Detroit and so my mom took me out to dinner. I was there and didn't want to go out to dinner. And then, um, as we were sitting down at this freaking Ruby Tuesday, um, I was like, hey, how's Diego going to get buried? And, uh, my mom was like, well, my, your dad's burying him right now. And I'm like, mom, take me home. 
I want to bury the dog. So my mom takes me home. We don't finish our food. Um, I uh, we didn't even box it. That's how intense it was. And so my dad was there with the shovel, you know, digging out a hole. And I'm like, Dad, let me bury Diego. Like, you stay inside. You've had enough. And like, Dad was like, No, I'm gonna help you. So it's me and my dad undigging this hole and then throwing Diego in it. And then we throw stuffed animals down there. And then, you know, we pat him up and everything. We throw the dirt on, say goodbye. And then I just hear a bunch of dogs, like, in the neighborhood, just, like, howling. And then, um, like, barking and howling. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. And then, like, the few next, like, the next week after that, I hear, like, trotting in the hallways, like, nails clicking on the ground. And, like, then Diego never had clipped nails. So he was, like, you know, trotting around the hallway and I'm like, oh, God, like, is that Diego's ghost? So, like, I open the door, and then I go back to bed. And then uh, I wake up in the middle of the night, and when my dog wanted to get on my bed, my dog was very polite. When he wanted to get on the bed, he'd make a little, like, a little moaning noise. Like, hmm. And I'm like, and, you know, keyword was, okay, Diego. And I heard the moaning noise, and I was like, okay, Diego. And I'm like, wait, my dog's dead. And then I felt, like, this weight jump on my bed. And, like, I put my feet on it. And, like, it's not like my feet were levitating or anything. I just felt like my ankles got, you know, a little propped up. Like, a little heavier, sort of. And then when I actually focused, like, I looked up to see if something was there. Nothing was there. And the weight of my ankles was just gone. So, like, that was my dog's ghost. That was my dog's ghost. And then, yeah. The crazy thing is, like, when all the other dogs in the neighborhood started barking or whatever, do you mm-hmm. think that was, like, like they knew what happened and they yeah. were, like, like maybe, like, I don't know, it sounds stupid, but maybe they kind of, like, subconsciously know and mm-hmm. they were mourning. Yeah, like, Diego, he never really met a lot of dogs, but, like, it was kind of a spiritual thing. I mean, I wouldn't know if someone died in my neighborhood and I never met them. I mean, that's, that's true, but, like, you, like, you know when something's, like, wrong. Like, there's just this instinctive feeling that you know, like, oh, shit, like, something's wrong. Like, um, I mean, there's just... dogs have that, too. I think they probably just have it stronger. I think people are too logical, and they think things through a little too... A little more than dogs do. Dogs just kind of express what emotion immediately comes up. Yeah, like, at, um, there's some movies where, like, or, like, a saying that says dogs can see ghosts. Yeah. That's why they bark and, like, nothing's there. Right. But, like, um, I felt like, you know, the dogs were seeing Diego's ghost. Or, like, they were sensing his presence. Because I've been told my house is haunted, like, in the basement. And I go down in the basement and, like no one's there and I feel really uncomfortable. Like, it's kind of that kind of extreme feeling. Like, um, like, breaking up with someone and, like, I mean, I've had this happen to me, but, like, breaking up with someone and, it, like, you go to the supermarket or something and it's instinctively knowing that they're there. Right. Like, like, that kind of presence I feel. Like, I was at the gym today and, like, you know, I'm sitting there and, um, I'm sitting on, like, the freaking metal table at, Planet Fitness, mm-hmm. and I look over, and I'm like, something ain't right, and there's this girl with a ponytail, I'm like, is that my ex? And I'm like, uh-oh, please tell me that's not my ex, 
And then the dude next to her that was, like, you know, covering a little bit of her next to treadmill left. And I'm like, oh, that's not her. I'm like, thank God. Dude, there was, um, it's just, like, well, actually, I can't think of a, of a specific, like, experience with it. Mm-hmm. But you know when you have your back turned mm-hmm. and you realize someone is looking at you from like 30 feet away yeah, yeah, yeah. whip around despite there was no cue that there was looking at you there was no sound no gust of wind no mm-hmm. smell and you whip around and you you just catch that person look at looking at you <laughs> and you go hey lurking yeah yeah like yeah like that's one of the weirdest things is when you're just moving around and you just kind of like I think it's worse when you don't realize someone's looking at you, though. I like it, though, because, like, I mean, I don't like people looking at me. <laughs> but, like, I like the feeling of knowing that, like, you know, you're being watched. Because it comes in handy. Because, like... My... Why would you... You like Well, that okay, so... <laughs> Where are you I don't like people looking at me. But, like, if the feeling wasn't there and someone was looking at me, I'd have no way of knowing. Oh. That's, that's what I mean by okay. that. It's kind of like, you know... Well, <laughs> one of the times... I don't know if this is, like, maybe you just can't feel it through glass or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just don't realize it. But I was in Belle's car, and Joey, like, Joey McKernan, because I worked with him for the longest time. Yeah. I was in the parking lot of, I think it was, uh, I think it was Dunham's. I was in a Dunham's parking lot with Belle. Yeah. And Joey walks up and puts his face on the glass the for, like, a minute. And Belle was, like, giggling and laughing, like, waving or whatever. And I didn't know what was going on. I was just looking at my phone. Yeah. And I turned, and I looked, and I came, like, one inch from the glass <laughs> looking at Joey and fucking screamed. Yeah. Like, he scared the <laughs> shit out of me. Like, fuck <laughs> Yeah, it's just, I like that feeling of, like, it's kind of the, like, survival instinct. Because, like, so... <clears throat> As those humans, we evolved from being primal creatures to where, like, you know, there's no hesitation between you and killing the animal in front of you right. to people who get butthurt when they look at their phones and, like, they can't live without technology or, like, they have to live in a nice, neat environment. Like, instead of the past human who would live in, like, a big, messy cave, we just evolved from this. We just had this giant split of this of hundreds of thousands of years where we become this primal animal into a well-organized critical thinking person who you know knows that that can have the capacity of like seven different languages or whatever right but like it's the fact that that we carried that we carried that instinct to where we think someone's watching us that we we used thousands of years ago because like you know humans were competitive with each other on territory and like the jungle where we were like hey am i being stalked and we still use that today which i think is really badass which is like you know when people starve and like you know they're hungry the first instinct is to find food but when there's no food there you go into your primal instinct and you're starving you know you start hallucinating and you're like, oh my, oh my god, I need to get food. To willing, like, to where you're willing to eat anything. Like people who get stranded out of sea, where they're like, I haven't right. eaten in days. I need to eat this raw fish, and it actually tastes good instead Here. of eating raw. I'm gonna you know. give you like a crazy history lesson. Mm-hmm. So it was, it's estimated about five hundred thousand years ago. Yeah. Early man figured out what fire was. Yeah. 
and it's estimated that it took hundreds of thousands of years and over these hundreds of thousands of years early man was really smart mm-hmm. but they lived in hunter like gatherer tribes they hunted in groups they gathered in groups and whatever written language there it may have been a thing but there's no proof that it was a thing there's like cave drawings and stuff yeah and like cuneiform mm-hmm. well cuneiform was a sumerian uh alphabet and that mm-hmm. came around the neolithic revolution yeah yeah yeah. that was when people figured out agriculture and herding and everything yeah so basically what goes down is all these people um start like you know they go from hunting and gathering as like really smart people like somebody figured out that you could plant a seed Mm -hmm. and they started doing that yeah. And this is called the Neolithic Revolution because we had tools before this and we had all the, all this stuff, but now we've figured out agriculture. And this meant that people could make surplus food, right? And people could focus on more shit other than just like hunting and gathering and whatever. And this led to like job stratification mm-hmm. when early river valley civilizations came along because um, civilizations first appeared on rivers because that's where it was fertile. Mm-hmm. The first Chinese dynasty, the I think it was the Shou, the Zhao dynasty, or the Han. No, it wasn't the Han dynasty, but it was like the Zhao dynasty or something. Settled on the Yellow River. The Egyptians settled on the Nile. So did the Nubians, and the Egyptians and Nubians shared a lot, and so their cultures became incredibly similar. And a fun note about that is that the Nubians actually took over the Egyptians at one point. Mm-hmm. But because their exchange of cultures were so similar, historians literally had no idea until like maybe 10 years ago that that ever happened. Yeah. Because there was no proof. Well, there was proof, but they didn't know how to look at it. I'm so glad I'm a human. <clears throat> and that's like, that's like one of the things people don't really know, like, People can't picture what humans would like look like in the wild anymore. But it would, what it would look like, more or less, is this kind of like Slenderman esque type thing. <laughs> because when you, when you look at animals, there most other animals do not have any sort of lung capacity or gene, like anything that would give them any sort of capacity to do like a sprint longer than two minutes at the most. Mm -hmm. Like a rabbit will outrun a human 100%. Oh, yeah. But early humans were smart enough to track animals still. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this rabbit gets away. It sprints away for like two minutes. These humans like run after it, track (laughs) it down. They find the rabbit who just wore itself out sprinting for three minutes, 300 yards away, right? Now, when this rabbit turns around, what it sees is this long, slender creature with tools, maybe in a group or maybe just one of them, peering out from behind a tree or something, ready to make it run again and wear it down for the next three hours. Yeah, that's fucked up. That's that's scary. That's how people hunted. Well, when the Ice Age came around, we overhunted mammoths and Mm -hmm. uh, we made them go extinct. Well, so... You know the saying that there's always a bigger fish? <clears throat> mm-hmm. What the... What, do you think there's a superior race... Well, not race. 
But like <laughs> the species, yeah, you might want to watch your words. Yeah, there, might want to watch my language. But do you uh, think there's like a superior species of human that lives on like either whether that be on a different planet, different solar system, or like on this planet currently that exists that like I don't know, think there's any sort of like secret sub uh, subspecies of human. I do think. Um, like humans outrank every other animal just because we're intelligent enough to make things that make us outrank every other animal even if biologically we couldn't go toe-to-toe with like a cheetah or anything like that I argue that... or like a gorilla but i'd argue at the same point a gorilla is superior than humans vastly in strength so, but a gorilla doesn't know. have a fucking like I think gun. <laughs> yeah, humans in the wild though, without human technology, are um are not the apex. They are by no means the apex. We don't have any natural predators at that same point. But if we aggravated a bear, we'd be fucked if we weren't in a group of like fifteen people. Mm-hmm. I argue that, um. There are different classes of human. Like, I mean, there's the classic every everyday average Joe, five foot eight, but one hundred and sixty to two hundred pounds. You know, working nine to five job, average. But then there's like, freaking, Cali muscle, kind of guys, or like well, Ronnie Coleman's walking well, around. To be fair, we have like, we have sorted out um you know, different traits of different races, Mm -hmm. for one. Like, we know that people in Korea tend to have a harder time being able to drink because these people have a gene in their liver, which typically makes it harder. Mm -hmm. They might pick up, the mic might pick up your rocket number, though, by the way. Oh, dang. Yeah. But we, we figured out that, we figured that out because a lot of people in, you know, Korea were, having problems drinking. I don't know the truth of that. I just, I heard it one time. We've also figured out different body types from ectomorphs, mesomorphs, and endomorphs. Yeah. Three main body types. I don't know what mine is. Um, all right. Well, the typical test, uh, I can't remember if it's these two fingers or this in your pinky. Oh, okay. I think it's this in your pinky. Okay. Your body type. Okay. But you put it together over your wrist, mm-hmm. and if they touch... You're an ectomorph, which is a a skinny body type. Endomorph is you have a very large gap. Mm -hmm. You know, don't try and, like, like squeeze it. Just try and, like, wrap it gently. And this middle gap, like I have, means mesomorph. Mm -hmm. Mesomorph is this, like, middle between class where your muscle kind of just stays... You stay lean. You've got the blessed genes, basically. Okay, so, like, how do I do the finger and... Uh, Thumb and pinky. Thumb and pinky. Or the wrist bone. And then... The wrist bone. Depending on the gap. So, like, what would mine be? Uh, Mesomorph, most likely. That's good, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Awesome. At the same time, I don't know the quality of that test. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Because it's, like... There's gotta be way more. I'm just... There's... Yeah, there's probably it might be based on genomes, your diet. It could literally it could depend on life factors and all this other stuff. But how you look naturally without touching your body is mm-hmm. normally for most people really fucking skinny. Well, I'm gonna turn this conversation to a 180. <laughs> Speaking about you know normal average 
average Joe's every day, and then there's like Ronnie Coleman's. Like, why lift? Why work out? What do you mean, why lift? There's people out there who work, you know, nice, not mediocre jobs, but they're not the best jobs, and they can live successfully without the need to exercise. And like they're severe, they're not severely unhealthy, but they live and they don't exercise. Like I guarantee you, um, I mean, yeah, the most wealthy people out there exercising, but like, I mean, well, I'm gonna cut, I'm gonna cut you off short real quick. Mm-hmm. The thing with like exercising is that it's proven to significantly increase your, um, your mental health. Mm-hmm. So even if these people aren't lifting, they're normally doing some sort of cardio or something like that. Yeah. But besides that point, there are people that can find peace without focusing on their body. Mm-hmm. There are people that turn to religion like to do that. Yeah. Like Buddhist monks, um, pastors at a Christian church. And da, yeah. Da, 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 da. I argue that um, but... like seeking <clears throat> hope in like a religious sense like significantly increases your mental health compared to exercising like way more honestly i wouldn't i wouldn't agree really no i mean there's people who aren't just born to be religious but like but okay but here's the thing a lot of people that become christians struggle with their faith throughout their entire life and there Mm -hmm. are very few people who are extremely devout and extremely biblical and i hate to say it Mm -hmm. but most people struggle to live by the bible or struggle when their life goes wrong because they can't like you know and then you got kanye west kind of people yeah like jesus is king right they don't they don't really have it like like figured out all the Mm -hmm. way and there are some people who just you know have enough faith in their religion that they believe that the down part of their life will be solved out through their religion and that's what keeps them going Mm -hmm. people like buddhists or whatever you know they are they have a set of values that let them live in down parts of their lives and same with christians and really every religion that makes them go like oh well this is this is maybe some divine reason that i can't control and this is why this is happening and Mm -hmm. it'll all be okay if i just focus on me or focus on my life or you know live by my religion for a lot of people it works but exercising scientifically without personal testament or anything and with personal testament Mm -hmm. which religion that's the only thing that people have with religion to say that it is helping them is personal testament really there might i don't know if any scientific studies have been done on the effects of religion and mental health Mm -hmm. but scientifically lifting weights and exercising like is the closest thing that you have to a cure for like a cure for depression yeah like i mean that's exercise and lifting and you know bodybuilding that's what gets me out of bed in the morning but like i argue that i would rather have religion be like an outlet of hope compared to lifting because like i guess but at that point just just do both. If you want to get religious, get religious. But if you, I'd, I'd still exercise. I wouldn't. Oh do yeah. A tra- I wouldn't do a trade off. Oh yeah, I wouldn't be like, I'm not gonna exercise anymore because I found God. But like, right. I think it'd be for 
if I had to choose one to be a cure for mental health, I'd pick religion. Because, like, you know, I'd it'd be I, really, really nice to have great faith in an afterlife. I guess, but one, for one case, there are a lot of people that are severely damaged mm -hmm. by religious relationships with people who are religious extremists. Like the, like the, uh, what's it called? Um, like the... Catholic Church, the little boys being touched and everything. Right. Yeah. Like that. There are people that are severely damaged by re religious relationships. Oh, yeah. So that is not by any means like a cure. And mm -hmm. for a lot of people, it doesn't work. But the thing with exercise is for pretty much everybody who does it, mm -hmm. like it releases chemicals in your brain that make you happy. Exactly. Yeah. Like. So exercise would be the cure-all and maybe it is a good thing to have like some sort of faith and some sort of ha like afterlife or whatever at the same time there are a lot of people and most people nowadays get by just fine consolidating the idea that there is no afterlife yeah well like i mean with the huge rise in atheism i argue that Half of those atheists. You keep saying I argue that. <laughs> it's just a habit I have. Yeah. Saying like you know like um or well, but yeah. we're just saying the word. But I argue that half of the atheists today are just agnostic, but they don't know the correct term because like that's you know what that's actually mostly true. Because mm -hmm, like me and my brother, I mean. I didn't know what agnostic meant till like last year. <laughs> it, it's you believe in something, but you don't claim to know what it is. Yeah, like I believe there's an afterlife or a higher power. I just choose not to question it because I have I don't have enough wisdom to say, yep, that's a hundred percent true. Well, all right. Here's another crash course history lesson mm -hmm. on religion this time. Yeah. So. Looking back on religion, mm -hmm. in about 1900 BCE, Abraham gathers a group of people and makes a covenant with God, or claims that he makes a covenant with God, and he has commandments from God that are that he claims, if these people live by, they will uh, receive a holy kingdom in Canaan. Mm -hmm. And uh, later, these uh, it's said in the Tanakh or the Torah. Um, the Tanakh is the hebrew bible basically mm -hmm. that if i'm remembering right these people travel to to canaan and walk around holding holy objects or something and play horns and the walls fall and they um completely take over canaan they, like they burn everything in it mm -hmm. and they kill everyone and they canaan is now uh, i think it becomes jerusalem or something i don't really remember mm -hmm. or maybe I don't know. But the Holy Land was supposed to be Jerusalem. It was God's promised land to the Hebrew people. And um, Moses, if you look at who Moses was, Moses was the person who led the Jews out of Egypt. Um, there's kind of debate over whether Moses uh, truly existed or not. But um, I think he did, maybe. I don't know. But then, 1900 years later, what happens is Jesus of Nazareth is born. Jesus of Nazareth claims that he is the Son of God, and that, um, you know, uh, there was there was this idea with the Jewish people that, uh, beforehand, that they had wronged God, because I think it was King David or King 
maybe, no, I think it was King Solomon. Anyway, King Solomon, uh, like, they weren't living biblically mm-hmm. in the land, in the kingdom that God has set for these Hebrew people, like, uh, a while later. And King Solomon, I think, had stated that uh, he had talked to God, and God said that he was going to make this, the, the, the kingdom of Canaan, like, collapse or whatever. And that was true, actually, because not, like... Like, not too long after, like, maybe two or a few generations after, or not even a few generations, maybe, like, 40 years later or something like that, that kingdom fell. Anyway, so the, you got these Hebrew people in this major diaspora walking around, and Jesus of Nazareth is born. Jesus of Nazareth is like, I'm the son of God or whatever, believe in me, and this is your, this is your like redemption for God or whatever. This mm-hmm. is this is how you get to heaven. You believe in me, right? And your sins will be absolved. And mm-hmm. this is the only way. So anyway, that creates Christianity. The thing with Christianity is um, a lot of people argue about the books. There were the 12 disciples. And the 12 disciples were the people... They were the 12 disciples of Jesus. I Preaching think. God, like right. God's teachings. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, Mark died in 68 BCE, and his first writing was done and put into like a book in like 70 BCE. But the major point people argue about the Christian religion is that, one, if Jesus was just a guy, two, the books of the Bible didn't come into an actual book until about what 150 years to 300 years after jesus actually died Mm -hmm. they weren't actually collected and put into a book there it was mostly oral tradition at that point and it was spread among christians now christianity was huge the axum king became christian i forgot his name though but he was an african king and they had currency and that became the official religion there. Christianity later became the official religion in Rome, too, because mm-hmm. Rome was, uh, com- they were totally split on religion. They had, like, people, they had, all right, they had this thing, they were called mystery cults. Mm-hmm. There was a cult that worshipped Gaia. Mm-hmm. There was a cult that worshipped an Egyptian god. And, it like, it was just fucking madness in Rome. Yeah, the more and more... I live day by day. I'm willing to, like, every day I live. The credibility of the stoned monkey theory <laughs> keeps getting more intense. Because, like, okay, one monkey got high off shrooms and was like, hey, I'm gonna go build a civilization. I'm willing to believe that. I, I mean, mean, I'm no crazy guy or anything. Like, I don't believe in Scientology, but, like, that's pretty credible to me. The more and more I think about it, like, hey, we, monkey, get critical thinking skills. Exactly. You know, we have we have fucking Whole Foods now. I think the thing with monkeys is, like, okay, so, yeah, yeah, that would have happened over a very long period. But the thing is, we have records of just, like, we have, like, cave paintings and, and shit of, mm-hmm. like, just people, like, hunting and stuff. Mm-hmm. So Or, like, be on trips they, and stuff. Yeah, when they would have been on these shrooms is completely speculation and if they were doing it 
And if that was strengthening their, like, mindset or whatever, it would have been early humans taking them and just getting, like, smarter and smarter until mm-hmm. they realized, like, one day some dude, you know, or not, like, one dude. The Neolithic Revolution was more like a bunch of groups going, like, oh, shit, we can plant seeds. <laughs> <laughs> like, the core of, when you think about it, I mean, I don't want to be called, you know, stupid for this, but the core of our civilization is monkey. Because, like, you know, we evolved from monkey. Kind of. We It was like a subspecies of monkey more than anything. That is, if the stone monkey theory is correct, though. We evolved from monkey. And monkey, like, monkey made us do this. Like, stone monkey, we gain critical thinking skills. We get whole foods. We get tools and everything because monkey said so. Ooh. Uh, the maximum recording time for this... Uh, oh, 60 minutes. All right. Well, we got four minutes to wrap this up. So, um, I want to talk... One last thing, um, yeah, I'm gonna end this on this. The evolutionary line of humans can be summed up like this. Oh fuck, I just figured out how to throw a rock. Looks like your evolutionary arms race is fucked. Yeah. And then it's like, oh shit, we just figured out planting. Looks like everything else is fucked. And then it just kind of went from there because civilization started. And then somehow I had to pay for... I had to pay indentured servitude, and now I had to work at a Planet Fitness. Because, like... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because, fuck you. Because I don't want to do... like, And then that's when humans got lazy, and they're like, I'm going to have someone else do it for me, whether they like it or not. And now I have to work at a Planet Fitness. Well, and with that, I guess the episode is over. This has been the longest episode by far, and probably my favorite one to record. It's late as shit, actually. It's 1240. Yeah, bedtime soon. Anyway. Uh, good night, and we're signing off. Good night.